This is the line I got, Mike Kegley. We are here after a 72 to 56 win. The Illini had over Nebraska. This is I on the Illini. I'm here with Kedrick Prince, the director of recruiting for Illini guys. And we will also have Brad Sturdy on a little bit later. He's actually in the locker room right now as we are talking about this Illini victory. Kedrick, this was a game that that at the half, Illinois had a one-point lead. Um, they allowed Nebraska to outshoot them, you know, 52% to 38% in the first half. Um, only got six turnovers against Nebraska in the first half. It wasn't that the team played horrific basketball, but they definitely weren't very intense on the defensive end. And they weren't hitting much on the offensive end. What were what were your thoughts in this game? You know, particularly watching yet another slow start by the Illini. Well, Mike, I I really thought they were going to win, even when the game was a one point game at halftime. But I tonight I had some concerns last Saturday when I did the podcast Saturday. I wasn't truthful to myself, and today. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Illinois won Saturday against Wisconsin because I don't think it's because of their defense. We can look at all the numbers we want. Wisconsin's a bad shooting team right now. They couldn't make shots. Tonight, uh, you played a Nebraska team that shot the ball a lot better than what Wisconsin did, and you saw what happened. They made a game out of it. I have some concerns, and, you know, we all do a good job of giving each other credit when, you know, when credit's due. You have been saying all year long this isn't a good three-point shooting team. I think there's some truth to that. I'm 70-30 on it, you know, agreeing that you're on the side that they're not a great three-point shooting team. But I've been saying this, too. I don't like some of the three threes that they're shooting. I just don't. It looks like they're trying to get theirs, and, I mean, they just tonight their basketball IQ looked really low to me. You know, you get a lead, the game is closer than what you want it to be and what you think, and you got guys throwing lob dunks and throwing bad passes, and guys aren't cutting. I don't know, maybe you can call it playing to the level of competition, but when you launch up, launch a coach Green says chuck up 29 threes and you make five, that is a recipe to give you. You're going to get beat in the tournament because your defense is not going to bail you out against tournament teams. No disrespect, Nebraska fans, if you're listening to our podcast, you know, you're not a tournament team. And so a team typically is going to be better than what Illinois face tonight. They're going to get beat. Um, and if they don't fix their shooting by Saturday, I'm going to tell you they're going to get run out of the gym. They have to score 70, 80 points to beat Iowa. Iowa's going to score. And if Illinois thinks they're going to walk in there in Iowa City and do what they did tonight in Champaign and what they did in Madison, Wisconsin, it's going to be a long night, and Iowa fans are going to get the last laugh. And, and I'll tell you, it's going to be ugly. They have to fix this. If they can't shoot, then damn it, get to the rim. I, Dane Danger, shot, he got four shot attempts tonight against a team that's not a great shot blocking team. And then when you attack the basket, the whole game changed. I don't understand why they keep doing it. Yeah, when you have um, Ty Rogers and, and uh, Sincere Harris going – seven for seven, pretty much on hard drives. Um, that that gives you some indication. And then when you start looking, you know, at the um, the offensive rebounds, um, which, you know, Illinois had 36 rebounds, but they had nine offensive rebounds, including six from Ty Rogers. So that type of intensity is what you need um, you know, to to win going away. I mean, that's that's six offensive rebounds. People don't understand, but that's six extra possessions that the Illini got exactly. because of Ty Rogers. And and I know again, you know, you you look back and you go uh, seventy two to fifty six, but you think about that. If he doesn't have those offensive rebounds, this game could have went down to the last few minutes um, and stayed close and. And I don't understand. The other thing is, you know, Terrence Shannon, you know, shot 13 shots, eight of them were threes. And he had two or three really nice layups. 
why not do that a little bit more often? I know he's not getting as many calls as he'd like to go to the free throw line. Um, Still get to the basket, though. Yeah, exactly. The percentages are, the percentages are higher. Yes. I mean, granted, you're not getting the calls, but damn, get to the line. Or, excuse me, not get to the line, but a two-foot shot or even the reverse layup he had. It, it was – most teams' coaches will tell you, Mike, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, um, most coaches will tell you. Anybody, the game has changed, but some of it, a lot of it's still the same. You're struggling, you get to the rim. Someone tweeted at me tonight about RJ Melendez. Get to the rim, continue to do that. Get some confidence, get to the free throw line. There's so many things. Once you see the ball go through the basket, it changes everything. And I don't understand, it's like two, they make like two plus two is nine. And it's not. Quit making it so difficult because they're frustrating and it's tough on fans. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, I bet the, uh, the average 21-year-old probably having heart problems after watching this team play because they don't make anything easy. This shouldn't have been the game tonight. I don't care if they won by 16 or whatever it was. The game was much closer than that. Yeah, it was. A, it, look, they finished with a 9-0 run the last 333 of the game. So if you if you close that thing down, that's 61-56, to 56, you know. Um, so, so basically, you know um, – the defense ratcheted it up, and, and I got to be honest with you, there was a period of time there that both teams, the ball almost appeared to be radioactive where they didn't want to touch it too long offensively because they thought it was going to make them sick. Um, and there was there was a barrage of turnovers in a couple of, of times during the game. But what Illinois did that was really good was, you know, at, at, at the half um, – you know, um, Nebraska had only turned over the ball six times. Illinois had turned it over four. And then in the second half, you know, 13 to nine. But that 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 difference was a big one because Nebraska kept giving opportunities back to Illinois. Um, and when you couple that with the offensive rebounds, I think that may have been the difference in the game. Oh, without a doubt. And – the statistics, yes, but I'm going to tell you another key part of the game. You know, you mentioned this, and I know we're going to talk about it. I think Ty Rogers is coming into his own, Mike. He really is coming into his own. He was never, you never heard me say it or my colleague Brad Sturdy say he's going to be some great three-point shooter. But he was effective tonight with his seven points and his seven rebounds. Him giving them offensive possessions and giving them a chance to score points is huge because I can tell you, I remember the one where Terrence Shannon got one, and I think uh, one of his offensive possessions that gave um, Sincere Harris a, a layup out of it. To me, the reason why I think he's probably the most important piece of this, this little run that they're having right now, one, because he's coming into his own. Now, we're going to talk about the Nebraska game, but let's go just for one second jump to Iowa City. Who on this roster right now, other than Ty Rogers, you think can guard Murray? Because he, to me, he's the favorite. Maybe Sincere Harris, but the size may become an issue. Terrence Shannon is a great defensive player, but he's not Ty Rogers. That kid is showing people why he is a top 60 recruit. I had a parent call me of another recruit um, earlier last week and was making fun of Ty Rogers because he doesn't score. And I made the comment to him on the junior national team last year, this kid started. Yeah. No, but he started. You know why he started? Because he made everybody else better, and he made good passes, and he rebounds. And his energy, he pushes the ball up the court. To me, Sincere Harris, excuse me, uh, yeah, Sincere Harris and Ty Rogers know what it really means to push the ball up the court. Other guys are moving, but those two guys really, really advance the ball, looking for the secondary break. I was just – I'm really impressed with him, and if he could ever – you know, Steve Bardo mentioned, you know, during the broadcast, if he could ever learn to shoot a 15-foot shot, his game is really going to evolve because you see him shoot, you know, reverse layups, and he's looking to score. And I'm still – I didn't forget the defensive job he did against uh, Dawson Garcia at Minnesota. He's really starting to evolve. And now if you can get him and you get some offense from Luke Goody, and uh, granted he's not going to be the Luke Goody he was coming to the season, it may give this team a different look and – Something that they, you know, that they don't have because right now I think on the team Matthew Myers is the best player on the team, and I think Dame Dane is probably second. I really have to admit that, and it stinks because you can't get five guys to play together at the same time, or maybe four of them. Terrence Shannon was hot at the beginning of the season, so was Coleman Hawkins. Now it's Dame Danger and 
Matthew Meyer. They for them to advance, they're going to have to have four or five guys step up. This one and two guy night is not going to get it done. Well, and and look, I I look at it slightly differently. You know, you got four guys in double figures, which makes it as a coach. You know, they've got any four to four guys, maybe five guys who can get into double figures on any night. And then, you know, you have two guys, Meyer and Shannon, who on the right night can put you over 20. Um, The biggest issue that I have, you know, as you watch the team is, again, you run into um, you run into some bad times when when they get almost too pass friendly. And I know. Coach Underwood would argue with me, and obviously, you know, he's making four million dollars a year and very good at what he does. So, so you got to give you know him the advantage. But the thing that frustrates me with Coleman Hawkins is he showed a lot tonight. He he attacked Walker twice, and you know, trying to force fouls uh, to get Walker out of the game. So I thought that was excellent. Um, he did a lot of things that were good. Um, but there was at least three times that he had the ball within four feet of the basket that literally all he had to do was turn, turn, you know, dip his left shoulder and he'd have a right-handed hook or a layup and he passed the ball out. And I just don't know that he doesn't understand. Maybe he can't feel the defense that he had the ability to, to literally put the ball in easier than what he thought. And, and, and then we were missing threes at that five for 29 pace. So, Again, tonight it doesn't make any difference, but like you said, you know, you're playing a team in the in the tournament, you know, you're playing Arkansas or you're playing Houston. If you if you have a layup or an easy shot, you got to take that as opposed to throwing up the 3 and hoping that you're going to you're going to be better than the 17.2% that your team's shooting that night. Um but again, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to sound too bad because like I said, Hawkins was going in and forcing things, which I thought was fantastic. He hasn't done that as much this year. And so I was happy he ended up going, you know, to the free throw line and he was six for six. So, um, you know, I got to give him credit for doing that, but I would like to see him be a little more assertive with the ball when he's within 10 feet of the basket. And I know he doesn't post moves and stuff, but, he didn't need him. All he had to do was lean and shoot. Well, he has that nice little jump hook, Mike, and I, I didn't see that tonight. It's like he's trying to distribute so much. And I here's what I'm thinking, and this is just me. I think, personally, he's not shooting the ball great right now. So instead of just shooting shots like some of the other players are, you know, I don't want to mention any names, yeah. I'll give him credit for that. I really will give him credit yep. because exactly he, he's at least trying to – distribute and get to the rim and you know some of those like there was a, a, a time tonight which I'll give Fred Hoiberg credit they went to a two three zone then they went to a one two two then a, a small one three one a couple times and I give him credit because to me if I'm coaching against Illinois I'm this is weird this is what I'm saying as a coach I'm going to play a zone the entire game against Illinois I don't care you may lose the game but you're going to give yourself a chance to win. Now, if they're hot, that's different. Right. If you're going to beat I them, I zone them. If you want to beat the Illinois women, you press the hell out of them. Those two things I think the women have to figure out because I watched Michigan State do that to them Sunday, and I watched tonight um, Michigan, excuse me, Nebraska put that zone against Illinois, and they look completely lost against them. And I'll tell you what else I would do if it was me. Uh, I would put in the zone defense. I just really I, I, I totally agree. Too. Because totally. here's what I think, Mike. I'm I'm sorry. And I'll be real right. quick. I want to, I want to hear I want I want to hear your feedback on this. Here's why I've heard a um, a podcast last week, and I forget who it was, and they were talking about a zone. And the, here's the excuse that I heard. This was and this is an excuse, and I will challenge anybody to argue this with me. The excuse I heard was, well, they don't practice it, so you don't put them in the game. Well, let me ask you, damn it, why don't you practice it? Because if I don't care if you are a man principal guy, like Jim Behind's a zone principal guy, and you need to play a man if you're Jim Behind, 
or if you, if you, let's just use Brad Underwood since this is the only podcast, and your principles are man, if you need to play a zone and win a game, why the hell wouldn't you not do it? You you have time to practice. You you make time for it because it can win a game for you. I don't understand why people, because to me, um, I know in the Minnesota game, Illinois was ex- coach Underwood call timeout like he typically does at the end of a half or quarter, and I know for a fact they were running a man offense. They thought they were, and then Ben Johnson went to a zone. And you know what that does? It takes time off the clock. And if you do it at lower at the end of the shot clock, teams typically won't get good shots off of it. I think that's an excuse when people say that they don't have time to practice it because, again, what if you go to a tournament, Dane Danger, Coleman Hawkins, and Matthew Meyer get in foul trouble? All you have is Brandon Lee. So you're going to be forced to do it. But then it's not going to be a good look for you because guess what? You didn't practice it. Now, I'm not saying Illinois doesn't do that. I'm not saying that. But I sure in the hell would like to see it a few times. Sorry about that, Mike. No, no, I, I, I'm I, with you. Now, Now, if you talk to a coach, they'll tell you the big thing is is that you if you just play man defense, you don't have to get sucked into practicing all these other defenses. And then you're really – you're much better at your man or – you know, if you're a two-three zone team and you never pass pra- practice man-to-man, you're so much better at the two-three zone. I don't buy that. Okay, me neither. Um, me neither. And you and I both coached a lot of basketball teams, um, and to be honest with you, my teams were always under talented, and we played multiple defenses to slow down quicker teams because if they didn't know exactly what we were doing, and they played even slightly tentative that would give us a little bit of an edge when we didn't normally have it from a quickness standpoint. Um, a couple things come to mind. One is I'd love to see a two, three out of them, particularly if you can go, you know, with danger Meyer and Coleman Hawkins along the back. Holy Long cow. That's a, yes. That is a big zone. And then if you really want to have fun, put Ty Rogers and Terrence Shannon on the top of it and mm. see and literally, as soon as you have a tip pass, you send Rodgers or Shannon, whichever one's on the other side of the ball, you send them down as fast as he can go. You, you'll get some some really – you'll get some poster-style dunks um, off of that. And the, the other thing is, is on Illinois when you, they are played, the interesting thing is Coleman Hawkins went exactly to where he was supposed to, you know, around the free throw line. And he was open yep. multiple times. But he wouldn't shoot it, but he was open. Well, he wouldn't shoot it, and they also didn't get it to him very quickly. <laughs> no. So, so, you know, I mean, and it takes sometimes you got to fake the pass up, do a bounce pass low, and all Hawkins has to do is turn around. He went six for six from the free throw line. So so you can go ahead and do that. And we know one of his three – or one of his two baskets that he made, you know, was one that he didn't even jump on on that 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 yeah, layup. He laughed at so, so I mean, you know, there, there's something there. I think if, if what I would try to do with Coleman is I'd try to get him open for some sort of layup just to remind him. And I almost, that almost might be my first play of every half, just to remind him that when you're around the basket, just turn around and dunk the damn thing. Um, yeah. And look the score. I mean, and I don't, because at the end of the yeah. day, they're going to need him. I, I want to make this other comment about his own. And I know because Coach Underwood made this comment, and he is right. You can't – teams can't rely on zone, in my opinion, the whole game, and here's why. Offensives that people run are too good today, and I, yeah, agree, I agree with you on that. Totally agree. Okay, but here's one thing I would do. I This is me as, as a coach and not an AAU ball at the high school level. Out of bounds underneath the basket, I never played man. Never. And I'll tell oh, you why here. I never did. Same here. Never. Because if you play a man – I mean, for me, I can just tell you for one year I coached, I know I had nine or ten out-of-bound plays against a man defense. And, and they're layups every too, aren't they? Play, they're layups. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. everybody's designed to do that. So why would you set up a zone? Because I don't care how good your defense is, sometimes the, the, the play, you're going to get a layup out of it. And i tell you what I do. I never call my defenses two, three years. I'd always – they were always given a number. So, like, a gimmick thing that I would do – out of bounds underneath the basket, I would say two, which is my two-three zone. And then the kids would know. And then after the ball gets out and to the top and I know they're not going to get a layup out of it, I go back to man. I go to two to one. That way you don't give up a cheap shot. There's things that you can do, in my personal opinion, to not give up so many easy baskets and, you know, and not be so predictable. Because I think in the Big Ten, all the coaches will tell you, 
everybody's scouted and everybody knows what you're going to do. To me, I think the good teams that win play good defense and uh, and they carry their defense on the road, don't turn the ball over, and they make their free throws. If Illinois is going to continue to, to win and to advance, they better start learning how to score, take easier shots, not shoot threes just to be shooting them, and to take care of those things that I mentioned. Because like I said to you, Saturday – I mean, I know how what this rivalry means, and you know, it was dead for a while because Illinois stunk. It's back, and I can tell you, I was going like the scoreboard up, and if, you know, I could. Okay, let's think about it. Illinois scored twenty points Saturday against Wisconsin, and they had sixteen, the lowest scoring output of any game this season. And then you're you're up by one point, and I think you are what shooting thirty percent from the field at half or something like that against a horrible Nebraska team. What no, Nebraska, in fairness, though, in fairness, Nebraska does have a good defense. I mean, let's let's give them their due. They do. I do, but okay. Now that goes back to what I said. I give them credit for good defense, but how many layups did Dane Danger miss? How many layups did Terrence Shannon miss? Those are layups, and they weren't contested. I don't give teams credit for being playing good defense when that happens. Like I said, when I we first started the show, I can't give Illinois credit for playing great defense Saturday. Wisconsin just missed shots. They literally miss open shots when good teams make them. So I give them on paper they're good. A good defensive team to me in the Big Ten is when I watch Rutgers and when I watch Northwestern. Those are very good defensive teams to me. Yeah, Northwestern, you definitely do not want to get caught where uh, where you get uh, give them forty free throws in a game. That definitely is nope. a problem. Um, yep. When I when I look at it, and, and I guess the thing about Iowa is. You know, they, they have a whole set of, of um, challenges that they supply for any team who has to deal with them. And, and I think that's a – you make an interesting point because when you look at Iowa's losses, when they lose, um, the funny thing is, is, you know, if, if you catch them in the 60s, you know, you, you've got a chance. But there's many times – when when they lose, that they'll score in the high seventies, the low eighties, and you just have to outscore them. You so got you got to outscore them. Yeah. So to me, to me, the key is is Illinois has to has to hit. I mean, they they're not going to win this on anything less than seventy five points. So okay, Mike, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Given what you've seen the last two or three games. And I know you're conducting this podcast, but let Kedrick ask you a question. Okay. Do you feel confident from what you've seen in the last three games that Illinois is going to go into Iowa City and put up 80 points against them? Um, what I think they can do is I think they can pick and choose their pace. Iowa does like to run, but mm-hmm. what you saw from Illinois tonight, particularly with Nebraska, is if you remember when Illinois started going up and down the court and they really started going, you know, since Sarah Harris was doing his like 4140 to get a layup yeah. and Ty, <laughs> yeah. Ty Rogers was all over, Nebraska hit a wall and I tweeted it. They're tired now and, and everything fell apart for them. And I right. think Illinois with, with Iowa could, could pick and choose their pacing to do that. And then the other thing is I just think they have to be a little more cognizant of who's doing what um and look matt meyer best player on the team three for 11 and about five of those shots six of those shots were just dumb yeah um and so you 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 have to be able to self-monitor or else you walk into another loss so again i i don't want to be negative these guys are seven and four one seven out of their last eight you know they're playing better ball but they're going to have to think about what they're doing against Iowa. The other thing is, is you can't take off a half. If you allow Iowa to to shoot 52% in a half, I'm not certain Mm -hmm. Illinois can come back from that because unlike, unlike Nebraska, you know, if Iowa shoots 52% in a half, they're probably going to score 50 points, you know, and, 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 you know, a hell of a lot more of them will be three pointers than what. Hey, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, um, and I can't believe you didn't bring this up. What was your thought seeing Coach Underwood come out at halftime sitting there with this clipboard? Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, to me, sometimes you got to let the guys think. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing, but in the end, you know, as a coach, there's there's two things that happen on the court. One is is what you've coached them to do, and two is what you allow them to do. Mm, and I so, like and so, right now, Coach Underwood has to to think, and and I would be frustrated to. So I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong, but what do I need to do to get these guys to start off a game with urgency? And then what do I need to do that 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 makes them not start the second half with a lack of urgency? You know, it, it this team still has this, this ability to like, oh, hey, we're up by 12. And instead of kicking somebody's teeth in, they 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 kind of relax and then they yeah, shoot, let them back you know, in it. Yep. And they let yep and they let they let everybody back in the game. And and that's what they did with Nebraska here. But but I will tell you, thanks to thanks largely to the freshmen, particularly Harris and Rogers, right. they came through this game um because they kept their intensity up. And and that's what they need to do. You know, like for instance, um Melendez had the nice drive to the basket and then he didn't even remotely try to do it again. Um, so, you know, he's had two beautiful drives to the baskets in the last two games and he's only tried to drive like three times or something. I mean, you know, if I was, if I had, especially the dunk he had last game, I'm going to be driving to the basket where I'm getting two or three charges until I stop doing that. Instead, he's short arming these these three pointers that we can all see the second it leaves his hand that it ain't going to go in. So there's 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 something on that side, you know. Hawkins, I thought one of his threes was just a throw up where they kind of gave him the ball at the end of the clock yeah, and he was kind of right. screwed. Epps had a couple of them that just weren't smart. Shannon, I swear to God, you know, between him and Meyer, they each get two heat checks a game. Okay, so that's <laughs> so that's that. But think about that. If they each do two a game, that's four. Tur- that's that's four, four possessions. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. four turnovers most of the time. Now, every once in a while, they're going to surprise you, but that's four turnovers. And again, when you're playing Nebraska, no big deal. But if you're playing in, I'm just making up a town, Michigan State. Uh, well, yeah, if you're, or if you're playing, in, yeah, you're playing in Greensville, North Carolina, against Arkansas in the first round of the uh, NCAA playoffs, you can lose by those four possessions. And then you go home for the season, you know, and you're done. So to me, the journey that this team has is to how do we get them to value the ball? You want them to be go ahead and sh- I don't mind if they shoot open shots. But, you know, you got to have a little bit of conscientiousness to say, hey, you know what, I'm 32 feet from the basket. And there's 25 seconds on the shot clock. And the other team just went from 16 down to eight down. I probably don't need a 30 foot three pointer right now. Yes. And, and I, I don't, don't, you know, that that's the thing. Look in, in, in high school ball, it was easy. You just take the kid and you sit him down and you say, look, this is what I don't want. I, I want you to shoot open threes, but they got to make sense. You explain it to them, you sit them down and then you decide when you're going to put them back in or, when they come and tell you, okay, coach, I'm not going to do that again. And then you say, do what? And then they explain it to you Then you let them back in the game. But what I think, you know, with, with an eight person bench right now, I think there are times that Underwood looks at the bench and he goes, eh, I don't know what, I don't know who I'm going to put in. Who's that much better than the guy making the mistake. And I think that's a challenge. And I would love to have, you know, Luke Goody back, but I don't know, you know, he, he now hasn't, you know, been there since November. I don't know what kind of shape he's in and, and is it even fair to put those expectations on a kid? You know, you haven't played since, since mid November and we're rolling into February and people are looking at him like the second coming. I don't know if that's fair either. Um, Defensively, what do you think is causing this where like literally they, they play, knock down drag out tougher than nails defense, you know, in, in the second half, or at least much better than the first half. And what do you think the difference is, you know, where they, where they ended up, you know, going a little bit tougher um, against this team? 
what I saw, I think a lot of it might, to be honest with you, I thought I saw Terrence Shannon, you know, get up the line a little bit, you know, uh, to get steals. I think they were – I think they were small. If you were thinking about the second half, just this game, they endangered didn't see a lot of minutes in the second half. I think they were smaller because I think Coach Underwood may have saw something or maybe one of the assistant coaches thought, hey, we need to go small so we can get steals and get up and down the court quicker. Um, because you're right, if you look at that stretch when they use their athleticism, when they got out and ran, that's when they were the most effective. I mean, and the thing by having – Dane out, which I'm not a fan of, but it also there's some positives. When Dane's out of the game, you have five guys that can bring that ball off the court. So they were able to get out in transition, you know, when Nebraska did miss, because that's what they did to get on the run. I mean, it wasn't a bunch of threes. Yes, Matthew Meyer hit one in the corner late, but they got that, you know, they got the win by making free throws and they got the win by getting up and, and, and going in transition, um, trying to make plays and just trying to push the ball. But like we said, when you get on the road against a better quality opponent, you can't get that far down because you, you're going to get buried, and it's going to be tough. So, yes, I think that, you know, the defense is good um, against some of those teams. But, you know, like we mentioned last week, and, you know, Brad said, I mean, this isn't – Wisconsin's not the most talented team. They don't have the same talent that they've had in the past. And, you know, you let a guy who's a transfer from a mid-major, just I think he had 15 points in the first 10 minutes of the game today. That can't happen. Yep. Well, let's let's Brad Sturdy, uh, fellow Illini guy, and of course the person who next to Lauren Tate has covered uh, Illini basketball longer than just about anybody. Um, Brad Sturdy's arrived here. Hey, Brad, um, we're talking about this this victory, and and you know we kind of went into the you know how do you handle this? Um, what do you do about the three point conundrum where you go five for twenty nine, shoot a blistering. 17.2% and yet you, you know, you win by 16, but you know, in Iowa city on Saturday, if you shoot 17% and you shoot 33 pointers, that that's probably the recipe for a what 15, 20 point loss. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but every game's different. I mean, you, you can't, I, I think the one thing we do is we look and, you know, we, we try and project way too much in, in basketball, and, and every game is different. So this is a team that forces you into three-point shots. Now, Iowa may change and say, you know what, I'm going to make Illinois shoot three because I, I think I would do that too. But, um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know, but uh, you know, every game is going to be a little different. I, I mean, against Nebraska, teams take, on average, 45% of their shots from behind the arc. Just for reference, so Illinois took like forty, what seven or eight percent behind the arc. I mean, so we can say, you know, that well they took too many. Well, they they did what everybody does against Nebraska. They take a lot of threes. Um, they don't allow post touches, um, and it's hard to get downhill on a team that's really kind of always has a guy in the lane, and and so you know ready to step up and take a charge and and things like that. So there has to be a lot of ball reversals and things like that to create openings. So. I think when you look at this, you got to look at it. Every game's its own entity, and, and I don't know. I don't. I don't see Illinois taking 33s um, on Saturday against Iowa. I don't think they will. I think there will be different openings and different things. I think they'll be able to get post touches, which um, w will change that that aspect of it. So, yeah, I mean, there was. I don't. You want to say? I mean, I would agree. It's probably too many, especially when you're shooting it like that. But. I think they took some forced ones maybe tonight that they didn't need to. But at the end of the day, you know, that's just – that's part of – that's college basketball. Every game's different and every game's a little bit different. And also, the one thing to remember is I, I don't think this team is that bad shooting. I mean, they've become a bad shooting team all of a sudden. Um, and But they're, they're not a bad shooting team. They'll click. I think there's going to be a point when they click and um, and really start making some – some shots because they they're 14th in Big Ten now in three point shooting and I, I don't think they're the worst shooting Big Ten team so I, I think that they're going to have to it'll change as, as the season goes on hopefully they're going to start clicking okay well that that's fair um, you know I I the thing I worry about is that you know there was several heat checks um, the the question I have for you Coleman Hawkins had another pretty good game 
the one thing that that we were talking about is he gets the ball in you know in the in the paint. He probably had three or four times where literally he could just dip his left shoulder and and he could have got a little right-handed layup or a right-handed, you know, baby hook. Um is it, it, but he but he passed the ball out. Is he you think he's just not feeling where the defender is on him or do you think he's just really I mean he, you know he's obviously a team player. He's not trying to trying to to hog the ball. Um is, is it just where he's not aware of 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 maybe where the defender is or is he just so caught up in in finding an open guy that he doesn't, you know, that that he just kind of loses track of space. I think he likes to be his facilitator, but Brad Underwood let it slip tonight, finally. Um, Hawkins has been battling a right wrist injury, okay. so it's making it harder for him to shoot the basketball. So when you see him pass up open shots, sometimes it's not all about just, you know, passing up open shots. Sometimes it's, there are other things like physical ailments that make it harder. And obviously you don't want to put that out there because then their team says, oh, well, his wrist is bothering him, so we don't have to guard him, you know, and things like that. So I think that I think he's getting better, obviously, or Underwood wouldn't have said something tonight because um, he looked better on his free throws tonight. So Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I think something to be said about that, too. So it's a, kind of a confidence thing. I think as he feels better, he's going to do more things. That, but he's just not – that's just not how he's wired. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. He's not wired to be a great scorer. I mean, he's content. You know, he's going to have a game where, you know, he's had games where he made, what, six threes. So I guess he, he can score in that regard. But he's not a guy who's like a, you know, wired to score. He's not that guy. Like a Terrence Shannon who's, or Matt Meyer, they're different. You know, they're wired to be scorers. And so I, I think it's, and Jay Neps for that matter. So I think it's just going to be one of those things. He kind of is what he is. But I also think he's also, then said he's batting, battling a little bit of a, a wrist injury, nothing serious, but just enough. And, and you know how it is. Like, you got those ones, you have a little thing wrong with you. You just don't feel the same, and you're not going to be quite as, uh, you know, offensively minded maybe because you've got something wrong with maybe your, your shooting. Yeah. How about the play? Uh, how about the play that was really uh, pretty fantastic of uh, Ty Rogers, who's starting to be Ty Rogers, you know, seven points seven rebounds, six offensive rebounds, three for three shooting from the field, had an assist, no turnovers, um, two steals. Um, boy, I tell you, he played great. And then Sincere Harris was four for four. He used his speed. I don't know what his 40 time was, but my gosh, a couple times he was down the, the court so quick that it was amazing. How, how, what were you, what were your thoughts on those two, and and did Coach Underwood mention them? Yeah, actually, those were the two guys who came in the post game press conference were Harrison Rogers because they really changed the game. <clears throat> those were the two guys who brought the energy um, off the bench. I, I thought Ty Rogers was fantastic. This is the Ty Rogers, that, and, and people don't understand. This is the Ty Rogers that. Illinois saw in the scrimmage against Kansas. This is the Ty Rogers that Illinois was expecting to see for a majority of the season. A guy who's energetic, a guy who's attacking offensive glass. He's making the right play. He's he's a lockdown defender. You're, we're starting to see that more consistently. It's still not every game, but we're starting to see that, and that's what he is. Now, Sincere Harris also has ups and downs, and he's trying to figure out how to defend in the Big Ten. The word got out on him that he fouls and so they start calling a few fouls, so he's got to be cleaner. And you saw that tonight. He's doing a much better job um, of those types of things. And so, and Sincere Harris is not, he's not going to be a three-point threat, and, and neither's Ty. But there's a there's a role there. Attack the back offensive class. You know, create havoc on defense. Force turnovers and get out and transition and run the floor because they're very athletic. And so that's, that's where they got to, you know, they have to make those, you know, strides, and, and you're seeing that for these freshmen. They're growing up right before our eyes. It's, it's really fun to watch. And I, I think if you get that kind of energy performance, because Meyer, Shannon, um, whoever, Danger, go down the list, they're not going to play this. They're not going to struggle this much consistently. You know, they, they've proven that they can play. So now if you can get that energy from these guys off the bench, it really can change things. Yeah, 
it, it, it's exciting um, to see that. And uh, I'll tell you, I thought that I, I would like to see him put the press back in a little bit because when Illinois picked up the pace, Nebraska, they got tired. And I thought that was when Illinois, when, you know, it was sincere and Ty going up and down the court. And, and it, I really felt like there was a, a moment, and I'd have to go back and look at my tweets, but there was a moment I thought, okay, th- this thing may be over because Nebraska, they were just frustrated, <clears throat> called a timeout, and you had two guys who were, you know, bent over with their hands on their knees just trying to catch their breath. Um, did, was yeah. that something that was noticeable when you were there courtside? Oh, no question. They wore Nebraska down. There, there's no question about that. Um, and, and which is kind of interesting. They're just, and it's not always about, um, you know, people talk, well, you know, they play minutes or this many minutes, this, but some of it's just athleticism. <clears throat> Guys who are really athletic can recover quicker. They have, it's easier for them to, you know, they can be a, a step slow and still be quicker than the other guy. That's where you've got guys on Nebraska. Some of those guys are not the most athletic dudes. Um, they've lost a couple of guys who are more athletic for them um, due to injury. And so they, they're going to struggle when that game gets going up tempo and, and the pressure comes. And it's, it's, not, and it's not just when you put pressure on them, it's not just the physical exhaustion. The mental exhaustion is a big part of that, too. And you saw that from the Nebraska guys on their faces. They were just – they were worn out. I mean, and they were just – physically and mentally worn out and beat down a little bit because they were like, oh, my gosh, here we go. And that was during that stretch when Illinois turned a two-point deficit into a 16-point win. You know, so that's uh, that's the kind of thing you can do when you can turn it up defensively like that. Yeah, that I thought that was, that was really telling as a fan, um, you know, watching the game on broadcast TV. Um, another question for you is, um, as, as Ked and I were talking, um, if you're, if you, do you expect other teams to try to put the zone on a little more often and, and force Illinois to shoot their way out of it? Um, is that something that we'll see do? I know there's not a lot of teams in the big 10 that are really comfortable with the, uh, uh, with the zone offense, but I, we wondered what your thoughts were on that, or excuse me, zone defense. We wonder what your thoughts were on that. Well, I'll be shocked if Iowa doesn't at least play some zone on Saturday because, you know, they can't guard anybody. Um, so, you know, you, 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 they need to play zone. Um, and then I would not be shocked if Minnesota played zone next week some. Um, so, yeah, I think you're going to see some zone. But I'm not, Purdue's not going zone. Rutgers isn't playing zone. Michigan State isn't playing zone. I mean, I mean, maybe a possession for Michigan or something. I mean, you know, Indiana, maybe a possession or there mostly. But they're not going to do that. So, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's more about scouting and they're going to shade guys and force. They're still going to – I would still pack lines. I'd make Illinois make threes, even if I'm playing man-to-man, um, until they show they can't. I mean, and there are certain guys I wouldn't guard, you know. So, if I'm scouting them, I'm going to be like – you know, and that's one thing that you see from a guy like Ty Rogers. You're starting to figure out how to play when they don't defend you at the three-point line. Right. Basically, and Sincere even started that, did some things tonight in the half court that he wasn't doing earlier, where it's like, you know, you play, even if they play off you, okay, then you take the ball in the paint, you make them collapse a little bit, and then you find an open guy and it creates that, you know, the ball moves, attack off the bounce, you know, dribble drive type motion type stuff, and, or find a post-entry. And I thought there were a couple post-entries they missed tonight where they either made a bad pass or they didn't catch and things like that. So, you know, that's, it was just kind of a sloppy night. But overall, that's what you have to do when they don't go hurt. You know, against the zone, you know, they, you saw them. They were ready for the zone. They were going to put Matt Meyer in the high post a little bit. They put Coleman in the high post a little bit. The problem was they first half they just didn't really do it. Like, they just didn't execute. They just made a pass and chucked the three. Uh, or threw it around the perimeter, didn't throw it in the high post. and you know, So it's just execution more than anything, and they're, they're going to have to do a better job moving forward against that zone uh, because it, the threes you take when they're thrown from the high post inside out are different than the threes that you take, you know, uh, off the dribble or, you know, making a pass or reverse pass and things like that. They're much more – you catch them all on the side. It's just different. Step-in threes are just – they're what win in basketball if you can get them. 
So that's all I have to work for again is to keep my guy open. So we've asked you a lot of questions here. What um, what were your impressions sitting there? What you know? What jumped out at you at the game? Especially, obviously, we we can't have covered it all. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Underwood, Underwood was the first one out from the tunnel. He was out there with like I think there was eight minutes to go and half time. Like he just went in there, talked for him thirty seconds, and washed his hands, went to the bathroom, and came back out and sat on the bench. And while that was going on. You know, the team's back in there, and, you know, he just basically kind of laid into it for 30 seconds and said, hey, you know, you, you guys play like crap, and you better figure it out. we got to have more effort. we got to have more execution. you got to be mentally engaged, all that stuff. And they came back out and sat on the bench, looked at his play card, and drew a play. So this is, uh, you know, it was kind of a – it was interesting because I'd never seen him do that before. And, um, and he, he did it, and, it, you know, it was one of those things where those guys kind of have figured out. Yep. And you're, you're past the point where you can, you know, because in the first half, the problem wasn't X's and O's. The problem in the first half was just execution on defense. Losing shooters, not communicating, things like that, giving up 37 points. And then offensively, it was kind of just making some sloppy plays, taking some bad shots, lack of mental focus, and things like that. So that's all, that's all mental errors and, and, and really just not being – physically ready to play it's not it's not oh well we can't attack this guy this way or we need to make this adjustment there weren't any adjustments like guard people you know i mean don't let this guy bully ball you down to the baskets for 15 of their first 17 points i mean there were just things that that was the adjustment somebody asked about what the adjustment was it was yeah it was not getting displaced and 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 hold your ground and not let the guy just go by you knock you out of the way and dunk it so i mean that's the adjustment so uh sometimes it's it's really simple Yep. Yep. Um, as you looked at it, um, any, any comments from, from coach in the post game presser that you thought were interesting or that the fans would, would like to know about? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he was the you know, first thing I asked him about three point shooting, obviously, and you know, the number of threes he said, well, he basically said what I said, you know, Nebraska forces teams to shoot threes. That's what they do. And Illinois is a better shooting team. They're showing. And he mentioned getting, well, I thought one thing was interesting when we get a guy like Luke Goody back. So clearly the plan is to get Luke Goody back. So I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, he talked about how, you know, I think the, the, the impact of the freshman was huge, you know, and, and I think that was an important thing. Um, to, to see those guys, when you can get guys like, the, their freshmen are really contributing. And you've got three of your basically eight guys that are freshmen playing legit minutes. And, and he mentioned R.J. Melendez, the shooting. He said, I make some in practice. I know they've charted them, and there was a time in the fall when they started the game, they charted He was the best three-point shooter. He shooting like 52% from three in practices. They chart everything, right? Yep. And, and he's made, now he's made five of his last 39 and all of his last, none of his last 10. So, I mean, I, that's just, it, it's crazy when you think about it. Since he had that shoulder injury, he's 539 which tells you it's either there's something wrong with the shoulder or it's mental because he thinks there's something wrong with the shoulder. So, right. yeah, that's, the, I don't know. I guess that's the, that's the situation. So, oh, I thought that was interesting. The one thing I will say is that the level of angst for a team that has just won seven of eight games is astonishing to me for, on, on Twitter and on, you know, on the Illini guys message board. Like, this is not – it's not easy to win seven of eight. That's why – you know how many teams have won seven of eight in the Big Ten right now? Purdue. Purdue and Illinois. Those yeah. are the two teams that won seven of eight. There's nobody else. So – and you know who's going to win seven out of the next eight in the Big Ten? Illinois and Purdue. <laughs> maybe, maybe Purdue and maybe Illinois. I mean, it's not something that happens, I guess is my point. It's hard to win seven out of eight. But you would think this team was like one in seven – because, you know, oh, we can't do this. And I think this is, getting back to what I was talking about beginning, we're projecting. We're worrying about, well, in the NCAA tournament, this could happen. Well, okay, yeah. They could be shooting 50% from three in every game and rolling people and then can have a bad shooting game in the NCAA tournament. That's basketball. So we can't, you can't project what's going to happen in, in a month. You've you got to worry about the next game. And, and I think that's where staying in the moment is key. I know fans don't have any effect on that, but enjoy a seven out of eight win streak. I 
games are going to be closer than you think. Um, they're going to be tough. There's no easy game, especially this year. Um, I saw a stat in college basketball. It's the, it's the closest it's ever been between the top teams and the number 50 teams in, like, the efficiency stats. So this is the closest they've been because there's less um, there's less division. Like, everybody's fairly equal, and so that's the situation here. And you got to just kind of roll with it. And you just, At the end of the day, you're just trying to win the game, and, and everything else is secondary. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Ked, were there anything that we talked about that you wanted to ask Brad about? Well, you know what? I guess – I don't want to ask, but he's right. You know, the one thing, you know, I have to admit, people can – even me, I'm going to talk about Kedrick. I'm not going to talk about anybody else. Going 5 for 29 from 3, I wasn't happy about it. I still don't buy the fact that they made you shoot threes like that. But what I will say, what Brad's 100% right about, they've won seven or eight games. That hit home to me. Really put that in perspective because no one else has done it. I don't think there's another team in the conference that's probably going to do that at this point. Not Rutgers. I don't think it's going to be Maryland. And But people are still unhappy. So at the end of the day, I think that comment by Sturdy is point on. You're right, because it could be worse. You know, this team could have lost at Wisconsin. Um, I believe going into tonight, um, Brad Underwood's record in, in the Big Ten in the month of January, as of tonight, I think it's 28-7. and seven. People are mad and complaining. So to me, I guess look at the big picture. Enjoy the win because you're right. You can win all these games. I mean, Purdue could go and win the Big Ten, win the Big Ten tournament, and get beat in the second round. Is that what people want? Because I know as a fan, I wouldn't want that. Yeah, we've we've definitely went through through that before. Um, any other any other people jump out at you? Uh, how was how's Terrence Shannon feeling? Um, out there, and and how is RJ fighting through this shooting slump? Well, I thought it was big. RJ kind of had a meltdown moment at the end of the first half. I don't know if they showed it on TV, but where he was really upset over a, the there was a when the little Tommy Tom, what's Tamanaga? Yeah, Tamanaga drains a three, and it was basically because. RJ was supposed to be on him, and he went with the other guy. And Shannon, you can see it on video where Shannon's pointing, that's your guy. And instead of going with him, he left him open, and he gives up a three. And um, it looked like it was over Shannon, but really it was RJ's kind of mistake. So he, they got on him, you know, Underwood's on him. And, and you know, I think they get like three threes, a couple threes in RJ's face too, which, you know, that, sometimes that happens. So he was a little flustered, but I thought it was huge to see him in the second half then come out and draw two charges. Um, back-to-back possession. That shows he's still guarding, even though, you know, maybe things weren't going his way. He had some moments that weren't great. So, so I thought that was good. Um, Terrence Shannon, I think, had a rough time. He almost got te- technical. Uh, Simpsons was hard to do. Um, but he uh, he was really frustrated with a foul call that, that, because I think he's flustered because he's not getting some of the body count fouls when he drives the basket that he thinks he should be getting. And so – that's where he, he gets a little he's, and then he gets called for one on the defensive end, and it creates kind of that frustration. So I, I think those are the, those are the big things. Thought Matthew Meyer was typical Matthew Meyer. He was a little flustered because he missed some shots and thought he should have made them. And uh, but then he hits the three at the end. He's just like finally, you know, kind of one of those finally I made one. And after the game's basically over, but it allowed Illinois to cover. So that's important. <laughs> Uh, yes, and, and we've uh, we you we'll put in an insert for Josh Whitman to cover his ears right before Brad says that. Um, <laughs> make sure make sure we don't have any we don't want to have any gaskets blown that don't need to be blown. So, um, you know, even as we speak here, you know, uh, Indiana and Maryland are going toe to toe, forty one thirty seven, um, Maryland lead at the start of the, at the early in the second half. We have Northwestern and Iowa going back and forth at, uh, um, you know, 50, uh, 57-56 Iowa, the midpoint of the second half. So these are knockdown, drag-out battles. What are you What are you thinking for um, Friday for, – for, excuse me, for Saturday's game against the Hawkeyes over, over in uh, uh, Hawkeye Carver Arena? Well, 
Well, I, I think the biggest thing we know Iowa's Iowa can score, man. They are a really good offensive team. Um, they're seventh in the country in offensive efficiency. Illinois fourteenth in the country in defensive efficiency. So this is a great matchup on that side of the ball. But I was not very good on defense. They're 128. Illinois is about 50th in offense, roughly. So this is a game where Illinois is going to have to score the points. Um, and here's what it comes down to. And, again, Illinois is 11-0 now when they have more assists than turnovers. That means they're sharing the ball and they're taking care, taking care of the ball. Seems like a simple thing, but that's going to be a key. Illinois has got to move the ball and be able to tack Iowa on offense and score their points. Illinois is a really good defensive team, so I think they're going to make it tough on Iowa. But Brandon McCaffrey is a really good offensive coach. Um, Matt Stevens made a good point post-game today. We are watching some of that um, Iowa-Northwestern game in the media room. It's like, why doesn't Brandon McCaffrey hire a defensive coordinator? With that, that offense every year, you'd think that if they had a defensive coordinator, they, they might be really good. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think that's the key. you got to outscore Iowa a little bit. you got to consistently guard them. Make them take some difficult shots. Now, Iowa likes to shoot threes. Um, Illinois is really good at not allowing threes, so this is going to be a very interesting game uh, from a chess, you know, a chess match going back and forth. And who do you guard Murray with? Do you do you you put it Ty Rogers on him? Do you risk starting the game with Shannon on him and getting Shannon into foul trouble? Do you do you see if Coleman Hawkins? Yep, that's that's I what I guard him a lot. Uh, I think they'll rotate, though. I mean, they're going to rotate guys. Um, I think the biggest thing, too, Iowa sometimes goes small and almost has Murray playing, like, the five or whatever, and, 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 and you know, you'll see that occasionally. Um, that's when you got to really pound Dane Danger inside, take advantage on the other end. Um, so those are, you know, it's weird things. I, Iowa's a matchup problem, um, you know, in that regard. So, I, I would have Colin Hawkins. I think he's a good matchup for Murray. <laughs> but I think you're going to see him rotate. Uh, I do think Ty Rogers um, will, will be on him at times as well because, you know, that's kind of a, a role he can play and it's something he can do really well. And so, yeah, I, I think Murray's the, probably the best offensive player in the Big Ten. You know, his ability to score. He's played himself up on um, NBA draft boards, right? I mean, he's probably a first-round draft pick. So. His brother's having a good year. doesn't hurt either, you know? No, I, I think the big key only got to slow him down. Make other guys beat you, but I also don't – got to slow him down and make him – you can't allow him to go score 35 like Trace Jackson Davis did, right? Um, let's, not plant uh, that, let's not plant that thought, Brad. <laughs> Trace Davis Jackson. So, um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that's a that's a key. So um, it's, it's kind of slowing down, but you wanted wanted to do it on a lot of shots. I mean, it's one thing if a guy scores thirty five and he takes thirty six shots, right? Another thing right. we up like you know sixteen shots. That's that's bad. So yeah. um, that's that's where they have to make him you know make him a volume shooter, volume scorer, and then defend the three point line. And the big thing is against Iowa. This I was worried about this. You have got to score against them because they are not good defensively. You got to score. Run actions that are going to get the ball and learn to score. They're going to allow the ball into the post, not intentionally, but they because they're not very good defending it. Dave is going to have opportunities. I think he can have a good day uh, against Iowa, and I think that's where Illinois can. Also, they can uh, you know possibly get out and run because Iowa likes to push it. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see a, a Illinois in kind of a full court game because they're really good in, in the full court in transition. Well, it will be it will be an interesting game, you know. Um, I, I really you look at this, and um, uh, the, I think the biggest thing is is Illinois does a wonderful job. Especially, I'd almost prefer to see uh, Iowa win tonight so that they don't have a chip on their shoulder from losing to Northwestern when Illinois comes to town. I realize there's no connection between two games, but with college kids. I think there's maybe more of that attaching one thing to another um, than than you would see with an NBA team or or, or a professional team. Um, any final thoughts, Brad, on on what you saw tonight, or anything else that that we need to know about? I mean, I think the biggest thing is Illinois. You know, I, I, they won seven of eight. It's time to just say, hey, you know, they won seven of eight. They're they're playing some. You know, at times they've looked. They've struggled, but they've looked really good. Seven of eight games, and 
level, their ability to do different things, be versatile and so forth in their defense. And, and so I, outside of the Indiana game, when he, even Hoiberg mentioned how they were a little worn down, you can – this team's been really good. And, and so when you can win seven of eight, you know, if they win seven of the next eight, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to complain about. But, um, oh, we'll find, we'll find something, Brad. But just – I think the biggest thing is this team's playing well. Let them do it. And they're going to win different ways. One game it might be scoring. Um, what's the next game is defense. The next game is, you know, you're going to have a grinded out game. But, you know, they did it again. They held Wisconsin the other day to 16 points in the first half, if you recall. Yep. And they held, I believe, they held Nebraska to 19 points in the second half today. And so that's the kind of, that's the kind of defense that is really special. And, and that's what this team could do. Yeah, that, that was good. Um, the one question that, that we had, I know here's one. I know, I know that that Nebraska makes you shoot threes. I get it. Is there any type of because um, it seems like we, Ked and I talked about this? There's a couple heat checks a, ha- a game for Shannon and Meyer. You know, four possessions where you're like, okay, you just shot it from 30 feet. We're at 25 seconds on the shot clock, and the lead went from 12 down to eight. You know, this is not the time to do the 30 foot heat check. What, what what does a coach do who wants guys to be able to play offense and be freewheeling, but you also want to try to say, hey, let's think about the game scenario. How does Coach Underwood or even, you know, like when you've been coaching, how do you handle that type of behavior? Well, uh, <laughs> I guess it, it, all, it all depends on the player. I was told a kid one time, he, he, was, he said, but I'm wide open, Coach. I said, there's a reason you're open. Um, so, but, you know, so that can happen. But, no, I think um, I think in this case, what Underwood, you can see it. Terrence Shannon and Matt Meyer will both look over and they're like, you know, they say, I got you, my bad. You know, they know that sometimes they're taking some shots that are, are bad shots. And so it's not – in Illinois' case, they're going to – they're going to watch film. They're going to break it down on film. They're going to show, hey, this was this is a good shot. This is a bad shot. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And so they're going to do that with all those guys. They kind of, you know, when they break down the film, they look at it. And, you know, as coaches and as players, they show them, hey, you know, this is where we're at. And, you know, see this option. And, you know, we're five seconds in a shot clock and so forth and so on, you know, time score situation. So they break all that down. That They'll watch a little bit of film, watch a little game action, and, and, and talk about it that way. So, I think that's a normal – when you have guys that are really good on offense, they're, they're going to take bad shots because the reason they're good on offense is because they think they can make every shot that they take. Even if – I mean, Matt Meyer thinks he's going to make every shot. Oh, I, I have no I have no doubt on that. But that's so, a good thing, though. I mean, I think that's a good thing. You want thing. kids to be that way because if you have kids that are passive, you're not going to win. I mean, I mean – if there were two kids on the team that I wouldn't allow heat check, it would probably be Karen Shannon and Matthew Meyer. Because when you saw what happened Saturday, if he doesn't get that get in that rhythm, they lose. He won that game for them Saturday offensively. So it's okay because him making that three pointer tonight may get may get him going Saturday in Iowa City. Yeah. And so kids right, you have to give them that freedom to, to do these things, but then you just break it out and say, Hey, we want you to shoot the ball, but I'd rather you take this open three that you passed up as opposed to this heat check three. Um, you still get the same number of shots, but you passed up one good look to take this bad. And so this is just learning, and they all get there. And here's the other thing you have to understand about Illinois has nobody on this team outside of probably Jaden Epps. Um, and it was in high school, you know, or combine, you know, the overtime lead thing or whatever, combine academy. Who's they have Meyer's never been the guy. Shannon's never been the guy. They're learning how to be the guy and what it means to be aggressive on offense, but also aggressive within the system and with in, in understanding situations. You know, Meyer's always been a guy who comes off the bench, provides some instant offense, defense, gets steals, but he's never been the guy. Shannon's also been a guy who started, but he's always been like the third or fourth option on offense. So you have to this, – this, they're, they're still learning, too, even though we may think that, you know, well, they're, they're 20 – they're seniors, so they should know this. Well, 
doesn't always work that way. You have a different role. Yeah, I mean, it, it is tough. People don't understand. It's easy to be the second or the third gun and get your points when nobody really game plans for you. But to be the guy that night in and night out, other teams make the focal point of stopping, that's a whole different world that I think many people underestimate what that means. Yep. yep. So with that, Brad, we, we really appreciate you dropping by. I know that you're uh, going from point A to point B here. Um, of course, with the line I guys, you can, uh, rec- you can basically sign up for our website, $99 a year. We are not apologizing for the cost. Um, we have our guys going to away games, you know, and they cover, uh, you know, the women's basketball team and the men's basketball team in Minneapolis, you know, we're on the road for the football games. Um, but we, we, we have tried to hold our price. We have not raised it since we started, no matter what has been going on inflation wise, we will give you your money's worth. Uh, please go out and give us a try. If you're not a subscriber, you enjoy the talk that you hear on this. You really need to get a alignaguys.com subscription because um, you know, the, coaching staff um you know they know brad and ked they trust brad and ked there's a lot of great nuggets of information that you can get back on the uh in our uh boards um forums or message boards you can talk to other line fans you can talk to brad and ked it's a lot of fun people spend a lot of their day there going back and forth uh we would love to have more people more characters come on there and and get involved in the debates um, wanted to mention that second thing, uh, Alina guys, sports spectacular. That is our two hour sports extravaganza. That's on 30 stations across Illinois. Uh, you can go to alineiguys.com, hit the radio button. You'll get a list of all the stations, find the one closest to you, see what day we're on either Friday or Saturday and tune in when the uh, show is going to be on. They'll have the time right there as well. Please give them a call. And uh, let them know that you enjoy it or send them an email. Uh, A lot of the small uh, stations don't do the formal ratings book. So having people who tell them they like what they program is a big deal, both for them and for us. And uh, the final thing is we have a variety of uh, podcasts you can get. You can get the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular after all the stations do uh, have played the show uh, Saturdays at noon, it's out there, so you can listen to that. You can also listen to Ked's Recruiting Roundup, Sturdy for 30. Obviously, you're listening to Eye on the Illini. We'd recommend you uh, subscribe to them all. And we also have a Big Ten show that goes outside the state of Illinois from stations on the we- the left coast to the right coast and Big Ten states all across the middle. That's called Big Sports Radio. And you can subscribe to that as well. We'd love to have you come aboard. Uh, So just please go ahead and take a look at that. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating. It really helps us as well. So for Illini guy, Brad Sturdy, for Illini guys, director of recruiting, Kedrick Prince, this is Mike Kegley saying, thank you so much for listening. And of course, go Illini.